Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! <laughs> Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They, there's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British. We bastards. beat the British. Second Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeed. Just wild. Like that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable. What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20. Down. Five. Touchdown. Kentucky. Jesus, Rash. Get it together. It's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you, January 16th, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big Roll App Sports Radio. Call. TJ Walker and Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Hope everybody's having a great start to their week. And there's Roush popping in uh, just a little bit late, as he does most days that we're on the internet. Nick Roush, how are you? I'm, uh, you know, uh, I stayed up late uh, enjoying the NFL football last night. Uh, might have enjoyed it too much because uh, this was a hell of a weekend, TJ. I, uh, I, I did some some in, in uh, dry January and kiss my ass. Yeah. Woo-hoo! Oh, you, you, you got off the wagon, huh, buddy? Hell yeah, I did. That's one. I think I was like, hey, you know what? Uh, I, I was, I was doing the dry January thing. But I'm off my meds now. I, I can do it. The cat's won. Who cares? Let's 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 have ourselves a day. And now your drinking weekend. is leading to you being late to the radio show, buddy. I think you've got a problem. Yeah, uh, it's a damn good one too. Damn happy, good one. Happy Martin Luther King Day, Junior Day, Martin Luther yeah. King Junior Day, MLK Day. We we've done this our whole lives, right? I I, I always remember, but I, th- I think it started right around when we started going to school, if I'm not mistaken. Martin Luther like, King Jr. Day? Yeah, I think it was, uh, they started doing it in like the mid-90s. Oh, I, I wasn't, uh, yeah. it looks like a quick Wikipedia search, it's been observed for 37 years, so it'd be a little bit before us, I guess. Okay, okay. But maybe it, it took some time before they, it said it was observed before it actually was observed everywhere, I don't know, you know, who who, who knows? Uh, but, they're slow to get going on some, you know, you know how it is. Takes a little while. Some people Game off today, time. some not. We're going to do the show because, as Roush said, it was a wild weekend. Lots to talk about. Obviously, it's so nice for this radio show to not have to do a sad, venting UK sports recap. Happy about that. And then we also had just an awesome weekend of NFL football, and it's not even over yet. We get one more game this evening, but. The only game I got together with with some folks was that uh, Seahawks 49ers game. And, of course, that was the only not the great game yeah. of, of the weekend. All the other ones were exciting, came down to the finish. But I think folks probably want to hear about UK's 
wild upset win in Knoxville. None of us predicted it. Yeah. I, I, I really don't Wrong. think – I don't personally know any U.K. fan that did. I did see a, a couple of U.K. fans that threw some money on the U.K. money line just because it was such a big value. Uh, I actually thought about doing that as well. Didn't do it. Didn't think it was going to happen, but didn't do mm-hmm. it. Uh, but would have been smart if I did. Would have won some money if I did. But you can take all my money each and every time the Cats get a big win. I, I don't mind it one bit. Now, I can't even lie. This wasn't even an emotional hedge, my betting on Saturday. I thought UK was going to get smacked. They just oh, yeah. lost They just lost at home to a team that the team they were playing beat by 40 in their own gym, so on the road. So uh, it was pretty easy to see that this UK team seemed to be going in the wrong direction. Roush in the pregame, uh, John Calipari said, hey, I, I like this group. I like my squad. I think we're going to break through. It may or may not be today, but it, it's going to happen. Maybe this was the breakthrough. I certainly hope so. Uh, it was one of the most impressive wins any team on the season has that, that can put on their resume. I think Alabama winning at Houston was a big deal, but Alabama is going to be probably ranked in the top three, top five today, and UK obviously not. So it may be the most impressive win on the college basketball season. It was totally unpredictable, and this is more like it, buddy. This is more like it. Heck yeah, it is. I, I love being wrong. Um, it, it was funny though, because, uh, the day before I'd ran into a friend who lives down the street and he was like, wait, who are we playing tomorrow? I mean, just was completely, uh, disengaged. And then after the game, you know, of course I I didn't talk to him before, didn't watch the game with him. And afterwards he's like, told you we were going to win. Never a doubt. Cats are going to break through. It's like, okay. Yeah. I know you, 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 you did win a lot of money, and I'm happy for you, but you, you were not this confident 24 hours ago. Just chill. Um, but there, there was something to be said about, like, I mean, there, there probably do. But the thing was, TJ, is so many things happened in this game that we just hadn't seen from this team, especially the free throw line. Shot 88% from the free throw line. 22 of 25. It was the third best free throw shooting performance ever by Cal team. I mean, that just doesn't happen. And you had to do that in a game that got uh, turned into a fist fight and ha- featured a bunch of fouls uh, and was a low scoring performance down in Knoxville. Yeah, it really was <laughs> surprising in a lot of fronts. On the one hand, if you play that way, it's not so surprising you win basketball games. Uh, you make your free throws. You play a really, really good defensive effort for 40 minutes uh, and they kept their composure. They dominated Tennessee on the glass. They had, a, they had, they probably turned the ball over a little bit too much, but uh, it was that type of game. So it was surprising how it all shook out. But once you look at the stats and you look at the box score, you say, Oh, that, that was, that was winning basketball from Kentucky. And yes, we were wrong. We were wrong. We're wrong. We have been wrong predicting UK football games this year. We've been wrong predicting UK basketball games. That makes us collectively 0-6 in our last six predictions. We all picked UK to beat South Carolina. We all picked Tennessee to beat Kentucky. We're wrong. We're we're wrong about that. However, I'm going to give myself a little bit of a pat on the butt. Uh, I thought this team could beat good teams. I lost my way a little bit after that South Carolina game, understandably so. It's nice to feel validated a little bit, Roush, knowing this team can beat good teams. Will it happen again? Who knows? 
Who knows? If we predict it, it probably won't. If we don't, we, it probably will. But at least I'm not totally, totally an idiot. And I think this can make things a little bit more exciting. Is Kentucky going to be in the Louisville Regional? No, they will not. Is it a guarantee that Kentucky is going to be in the NCAA tournament? No, it is not. But at least we know, we have factual evidence that this Kentucky team can compete with quad one opponents. And if they can take care of business and not pick up any more terrible South Carolina-like losses, they're probably going to be in the tournament. And Roush, that's all you got to do to have a chance. And once you get in the tournament, we could look back at this Tennessee game, if they're able to beat Kansas at Rupp Arena, if they're able to pick up a couple more nice wins as the season progresses, we'll be able to say, all right, you know what, even if they are a 10 seed uh, and they play a two seed in the second round, hey, they can beat them. We know that they can beat them because they could win on the road at Knoxville if they focus, if they play with energy, if they hit their free throws, if they don't have those terrible, terrible stretches. And there's a couple not great offensive stretches from UK, but they were going against, from a metric standpoint, one of the best defenses in the history of keeping metrics. Now, part of that is we're only in January. Those numbers will level out a little bit. But this is historically a really, 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 really good elite Tennessee defense. And I'll, I want to I want to go down that avenue as well. But let me finish at least this one point okay. before I get to another. They can do it, Roush. How often are yeah. they going to do it? Will they do it again? Who freaking knows? But at least we know they can do it. That's going to make things more fun. Oh, and the, it's not only the fact that they can win any – they can win against any one of these teams. They can also lose to any team in college basketball, which is just crazy. Um, we thought that they could beat teams of this caliber, but they hadn't closed it. And I don't know about you, TJ, but – when they when Tennessee tied it up with like five minutes to go, I was was like, oh no, we can't we can't can't go down this road after this long. That would just be it would be devastating. It would be absolutely devastating. I got I but I did not get worried though. I will say I at least did keep the faith. CJ hit that three and it was like, whoo, there we go, just what we needed. No, I, I'm I'm negative Nick coming out saying that they can lose to anybody. Uh, no, I'm kidding. They <laughs> they can. That's going to make pretty much. The, but again, it's on this. It's on this group. It's on this team. It's on this coaching staff. You know that the worst of the worst of this team is really, really bad, and you know that the best of the best. Now that we finally have seen it, can be pretty darn good. So it's on them to just kind of keep their focus and know that every possession with this group is probably going to matter. And there's a bunch of other nuances that we're going to have to discuss. And luckily we've got two hours to do it here on Kentucky roll call. We go seven to nine Monday through Friday, replay the show nine to 11 and you can listen to Kentucky roll call wherever you get your podcast, just search for Kentucky roll call. No, but you're, you're exactly right. And I was in the same boat. I was texting with a buddy and it was like, this kind of seems like the moment they may let go of the rope. And, and they didn't. Shout out to Tennessee for missing 5,254 free throws. That certainly helped the cause and made things a little bit nicer Ooh. and easier. And layups, for, too. At 10 to uh, 21. Yeah, layups is actually what I meant to say. But free throws, they, they also kind of struggled. I don't know what their final numbers were. But anytime UK beats a team from the free throw 
stripe, it's kind of surprising this season. So shout out to Tennessee for allowing that to be possible. But yes, I meant layups, and holy smokes, they certainly did miss a ton of them. But man, Roush, like where's that defense been? And part of it is, yes, they did miss some layups. And when you didn't have Michi Johnson hitting 25-footers, that could make things a little bit easier as well. But all around, it was just a solid defensive performance. Uh, Oscar's going to give up some size in the post. And when you've got Pulisic, Polovic, how do you pronounce it? whatever it is. Like He's a big guy, and when he gets positioned, he can just turn around, and you don't have somebody there that can block shots. I would have maybe started doubling him a little bit, but at the end of the day, it ended up working out. But holy smokes, like C.J. Frederick, where that defensive effort needs to keep that dude on the floor for as long as he can stay on the floor. That was really good. Antonio Reeves, that I don't think is a great defender. He seemed incredibly locked in. Uh, we know that Cason Wallace can defend, and he was getting some ticky-tack fouls called against him, and he was still able to defend and play well. That defensive effort was – that was more impressive, I think, than anything else – Free throws probably number one, but number two probably that defensive effort. That was that was great. We need more of that. That was awesome. And Tennessee's not like an amazing offensive team, but they're not a bad one either. And to do that in their home gym, especially mm-hmm. after getting down eight nothing, that was that was awesome. I'm really really impressed with that defense. And well, now now we know they can do it, Ralph. So we need to yeah. see it more often. Kentucky made them shoot threes and they didn't hit them. Uh, and I felt like they didn't get a lot of open looks either. Three of 21 from long range. Um, I think that's what Cal said in the post game. Like, we were, we're going to make them jump shooters. And they did. Um, even, even sometimes when they got out, when you don't see them go in uh, and they're scrambling around, like that, it, 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 it adds up. It adds up. It's harder to make them. Um, a big shout-out and a big suck-it to every one of their players, though. Like, the biggest whiners and complainers. I love that every time they got caught grabbing somebody while they were trying to run off a screen, they were like, they couldn't, they were so shocked that the officials called a foul. Dude, you just grabbed him and tried to not let him run around the screen, you idiot. Like, that's a foul. Go sit on the bench, you dumbass. God, I hate them so much. Those losers. <laughs> It made it even better to to beat them for sure. Uh, they are a dirty basketball team. However, college basketball officials are idiots. Mm-hmm. They're idiots. So I think this Tennessee team's really good, especially with the way officials allow them to play. It makes them borderline great. It's, uh, it's I, kind I think, of old Patino ish in, in a sense. Oh yeah, yeah. You like you just foul them every time, and they won't call it. Like they just won't. They can't. They yeah. won't. They can't. They're not going to do it. Um, I, I was thinking the same thing. If, if officials allow it in the tournament, this Tennessee team could easily go to the Final Four. They're good enough. They're well-rounded enough. They're deep enough. They they don't really have a, a huge, huge weakness. Um, Viscovi, for as annoying as he is and as big as a whiner, as you mentioned, He's a good player to have. He's a good college basketball player because he knows how to game the system. Uh, And then the Plavsvich, he is a solid big. But that dude, if they, when they return to Rupp Arena, I hope UK coaching staff, whether it's the assistant coach doing the scouting report or whether it's the grad assistants, whoever it may be, I I hope they're ready for like that dude to take a beating in that game. Not literally, not like a fight, 
But like, hey, Lance, go, go out there, and uh, if that dude tries to shoot on you, just you know, grab his arm because that's the way he wants to play. That's the way that that UK needs to match that intensity. He is a dirty basketball player. He is a dirty basketball player. Um, the pulling, the grabbing, the pulling down on people's shoulders as they're going mm-hmm. up for layups. He's the type of dude that he wants – I think he wants people to get hurt when he's playing against them and certainly doesn't care as long as it helps his team win. Um, again, if the refs are going to let him get away with it, then th- th- he's going to keep doing it. So I don't even – to some degree, I don't blame him. I think, right. again, he, he kind of takes it to a next level where somebody's going to get hurt. But it's the, it's the ref's fault. It's not his fault. He's also trying to get the other player to retaliate too, which credit to the cats, the cooler heads prevailed for the most part. Um, they were shorthanded cats. It was, I mean, TJ, I never thought in my wildest dreams that we would have a scenario this year where a dude, Tierra was playing significant minutes at point guard for Kentucky, but there he was playing significant minutes at point guard for Kentucky in the Wildcats first ever win over a top five team in a true road game. Uh, I, I admit I did not know that the last qu- like part had to be a clarifier or qualifier, excuse me. Uh, but yeah, true road game, unranked versus top five. First time they ever did it. And you had a dude, Tierro, and Reeves and Frederick alternating at point guard because Wheeler was out and Kaysen had back spasms and was in foul trouble, which uh, I, I think that Ziegler, I, he, he certain was certainly... Uh, Something was certainly messing with his head in that one. Yeah, I, I'm I'm cool with him missing all the layups that he ever wants to miss. Yeah, the arrow is just – I think he's just somebody that needs to get more minutes, and it doesn't need to be situational so much that, hey, you had Wheeler out and Wallace was in foul trouble. So we got to find a guard to play. So, Fierro, let's get out there. I think it needs to be – I don't care if UK is at 100% health. Go get that dude some minutes. He plays hard. He can space the floor. Is he a, a, a knockdown shooter? No, I don't think he is. Not that we've really seen enough to know one way or another, but uh, I don't think you're expecting that from him. But he can, and he's not afraid to take him. And he's going to try hard, and he's going to play hard. And uh, sometimes it just seems like things kind of happen when he's out there on the floor, even if it's not necessarily – him being responsible for those things so I like seeing that they they gave you gonna a minute and he, he, he did miss a shot but uh it led to a point for Kentucky or it led to points for Kentucky so I was okay with that um I, I liked I liked the lineups I think everybody did and that's going to bring us to some of the nuances that I referred to earlier in the show and that's you didn't have severe Wheeler. You didn't have Damian Collins. I'm not sure it would have mattered a, a, a great deal in this game with how physical it was. That doesn't really seem like the MO for Collins up to this point. But Wheeler has been playing 40 minutes, averaging a ton of minutes per game for Kentucky. He was a surprise scratch going into the game. Roush, I'll just fully admit it. I, there's got to be at least somebody out there listening that would be oh, in the yeah. same boat, even if it's not many. I thought, is this a disciplinary thing? Is this after you lost an embarrassing game to South Carolina, did he not handle it well and UK wants to send him a message? But he was on the bench, so I thought, all right, maybe he actually is kind of hurt or there. I don't think they maybe would have let him travel if they thought he was being an issue. I just never uh, remember him have- getting hurt, though. You know, and I, don't I don't remember, remember getting hurt either. About it. Like. Yes, correct. It was a total surprise. So that my thought did go there. Uh, appears that I was wrong, but I'm just I'm just being open with you all that that's where my mind initially went. 
and I was once I saw him on the bench, I was like, all right, how's he going to respond? How's he going to act? He seemed to be a great teammate. He was talking to people as they went to the bench, trying to give them advice and give them some pointers. Shout out to Coach Eulis. He was doing the same. He was really mm-hmm. coaching them up there. That's always really fun to see. But Wheeler seemed to really be into it, and that was fun to see, and that was good to see. But, Roush, we do need to talk about, assuming that he is going to be healthy, which is – I don't know if that's going to be the case or not. Kentucky has a Georgia team in a late-night game on Tuesday evening at home. What do we do with Severe Wheeler? What do we – where do UK – once he's back, what does UK do? Because I don't think it was a coincidence the team looked like they did with – a different lineup out there. So oh, man. And we, we, we need I to discuss this. this. I, you know the Chris Pratt me, uh, gif where he's like uh, rubbing his hands together and smiling? I think it's Parks and Rec one. Uh, GIF? Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah, it's a great gif. Uh, that was me thinking about all the severe Wheeler takes uh, because uh, and I wasn't going to be the first one to fire him out there. But for me, it, Wheeler as a problem, I, I think it's it's – it isn't about the offense anymore for me because he's knocking. He's been knocking down shots. He's been much improved offensively, and as as frustrating as it can be sometimes, some of those late shot clock looks are about as good as you can get anyway. I don't mind him as I can deal with him more offensively. It's defensive that's been the problem as of late, and he's just getting beat on way too many straight line drives. And aside from C.J. Frederick, you just didn't have that as much against Tennessee, right? Like it. it that was Kentucky's best defensive performance. They did not have severe wheeler in, and I don't think that that's a coincidence. I think that they just scrambled too much when he's in the game because he gets beat off the dribble way too easily. Yeah. Uh, there's no doubt about it that I don't think it was a coincidence. That being said, also, like the people that are like, see, you just can't play him. That's that's not true either. Uh, you saw there's an in-between. There is an in-between, and I, the truth just is, and we don't need the the we don't there's Wheeler defenders out there there's Wheeler's haters out there we get it he just if Wheeler played against Tennessee and the way Tennessee plays defense it would have not been good the spacing would have been bad it would have funneled into what Tennessee wants which is like bring hey bring into bring it bring it into the crowd baby because we're going to poke you and we're going to slap you and we're going to knock the ball away, but just make sure it's in a really crowded area because that's the way they want to play defense. UK had to be able to space the floor to have a chance in this Tennessee game. And I just hope and cross my fingers and pray that John Calipari will realize that, that if UK is having spacing issues, you cannot play Wheeler. That's not a, I'm not trying to make a knock on him, but, it's just factually true. If now there are, I think, some games where Wheeler can help. Uh, the Tennessee game, one thing that stood out to me was nobody, none of UK's guards could get around their man, which even made the win more impressive because they were doing it all basically with passing. Uh, I think UK assisted on a ton of their baskets. I, I pulled the box score down for a moment, but I can get it back. 14 assists on 18 made field goals. Only four shots UK had didn't come off an off assist so that was really really impressive to be honest with you um also kind of cool to be able to win a game at a top five opponent only making 18 field goals but that's That's the style of the game that Tennessee wants to play and Kentucky said you know what we'll do it we'll do it and they certainly did 
but if there's a but they those case and Wallace, it's surprising to me, and maybe it's back spasm related, but he just can't take anybody off the dribble, even when he should be able to even a big when they were switching on bigs onto Wallace, he couldn't get around them again, maybe it's back related. who's to say Reeves, it's just not really his style now, if he can get downhill, he can get into the paint and knock down that floater, but if he's got a good defender on him, he's not going to be able to get around them, so Kentucky was having to do it with passing. Wheeler is at least somebody that can break down a defense. However, if you don't have shooters lined up around him, outside of him, it's totally and completely worthless. So Cal's really got to have a heart-to-heart, look in the mirror, talk to his staff, do whatever he needs to do to say, hey, how am I going to get this, this, these lineups to mesh and work? And spacing is the name of the game, Roush. And when you put out three shooters at a time, like Kentucky did for a majority of the game on Saturday, look at that. The offense looks pretty competent. Looks like they can do a couple things. Uh, More of that. Please, more of that. We can't fall back into the Wheeler, Wallace, Livingston, Toppin, Oscar. No more of that. You cannot do that anymore. And Saturday, as if, we didn't need it. We didn't need we didn't need to know that. We didn't need to see it. But maybe this coaching staff did, and hopefully they take that to heart, Roush. Yeah, yeah. I, the the word that um typically I am pretty critical of our uh college basketball analysts, but uh, I thought Seth Greenberg said something pretty smart uh before the halftime break. Something about the defense did just feel more connected, right? And and maybe that comes with the bind. You know, Cal said that he took the phones away uh, the night before. And at some point this week, they just said they were going to do it. Um, I know, like, all of those quotes are always fun after a win. But, like, Toppin said he was in the trainer's room with CJ. And he was like, we're we're going to win this game. I could feel it. College basketball, that's, that's how this works. And, uh, by the way, Kentucky was one of 11 uh, teams to knock off a top 25 team. And none of those teams were unranked. I think eight of them were actually on the road, but it was a, a crazy college basketball Saturday. I got distracted. Uh, sorry, but <laughs> just just see if it, it did feel like there was more of a collective buy-in, and I still got frustrated with the help defense at times because Oscar, dude, stop stepping up to help. Step over. Like it, there was a, I think Tennessee scored right before half, and that really bothered me because Plavchich should not have been just standing there wide open for a layup, but like he stepped up instead of over. So then, like, they just pass it around. Uh, the, the, it's it's still some basic things, but at least they are getting better. It feels like they're closing out hard uh, and, and not giving up anything easy. So I, I appreciate it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it was. I don't know if a flip switch, but that team, that team defense looked nothing like we had seen over the last two weeks. And that's why I think it was so shocking to me, TJ, because I thought this team had it in them, but we just hadn't seen anything that resembled what we saw on Saturday. No, no. It's like, it was such a surprise to all of us. Yeah, Oscar's still, I mean, he's not a good defender, and that's not going to change in February, and it's not going to change in March. I thought they did a better job in the pick and roll with him, and I thought he played, did a better job in the pick and roll, uh, but he'll still just get lost. If, if another guy gets beat, he just feels like it's his responsibility to go close out, and in reality, it really just, like, it, it puts the rest of the defense in a really bad spot. He just needs – they need to kind of just hunker him in the paint and tell him, like, you know, it, you, you, you need to default back here, not default out to the perimeter if you ever see somebody open. Um, 
the stuff with 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 Plasvich just scoring over him, you're gonna have to live with that. He's six yeah, foot nine. Just, it happens. He's not a great on the ball blocker, and partially because he's six foot nine. Yeah, you, you're gonna live with that. I think UK would need to double down when Tennessee comes to rup on some of those. Just try to make it a little bit more difficult for him, especially if Tennessee's not gonna shoot the ball all that great from outside. But yeah, it, 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 you you're gonna live with that. But the rest, the other four, regardless of who the four were. And Oscar was trying hard, and he, you know, I'm not, I think he's just got some deficiencies from a defensive side. But the other four out there were totally locked in. They really had like a March Madness attitude where they were every defensive possession, they were, they took it seriously. They were not wasting possessions on defense. They, they didn't, how many times did you see somebody put their hands up being like, wait, where were you? Or you got lost? Or what were you doing? You didn't see that on Saturday. And yeah, we've seen that pretty much yeah. every other game. So, Credit to them, and it wasn't even with what we thought were probably going to be their best defenders, at least when we were talking about this team in the preseason. We knew that Reeves wasn't an amazing defender, and we certainly didn't think CJ was all that great. They were totally engaged, locked in, and and really did a great job making Tennessee have a regrettable offensive performance. So all around great stuff from the Cats. We got a lot more to get to on today's show and even from Saturday's game. We got to hear from Scoot, uh, just see what's up with him, how his weekend was, what he thinks about the Cats game. But, Roush, I especially want to talk about the officiating, the Antonio Reeves flagrant foul. Oh, man, there's just so much. The polling, the yanking, just some terrible, terrible stuff from college basketball officials that absolutely surprise nobody. So we're going to take our first break. We'll come back. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. This is Kentucky Roll Call winning Monday. We'll be back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Ah, the best freaking team in all the land. Woohoo! Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call Monday edition of the show. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Text on into the Thornton's text line 502-414-1450 and stop by a Thornton's today. Uh, it's going to rain later today, and then it's going to pretty much rain, I think, uh, most of the day and parts of the evening. Um, so get yourself whatever you like from Thornton's for a rainy day. Maybe it's a uh, slushy. Some people like to have slushies on their rainy days. Roush Thornton's has the best. Become a Refresher Rewards member and know that you can get a free breakfast if you're new to signing up. Uh, if you're not new to signing up and you already have it, you already know you're getting deals, you're getting this, that, a lot of great stuff from Thornton. So check them out today. We love Thornton's. We certainly do. Love the sunrise we got going right now as well. Oh, I'm, I'm not, in a, not in a point to see it right now, but yesterday's was really cool. Uh, so yeah, I, yesterday's I, was beautiful. If anything, if it's anything like yesterday's, then yeah, you're. I bet it is. I may have to go check it out here at the hour break. That that was our producer Justin Kalen. Justin, how are you? 
I'm good. It was a it was a nice weekend. You mentioned the Hoosiers got a win, so that was nice to see. Always fun coming in for Kentucky roll call coming off a win. It's it's a lot more fun, and you said it during the break. A lot more fun talking about a win than a loss. So yeah, I'm good. College basketball was crazy though. I mean, you mentioned all the sports up top. We we had a nice NFL weekend. You had a Kentucky Indiana win, but college basketball on Saturday was ludicrous. Eleven top twenty five teams losing. That's just crazy. That it's uh, should make for a fun march. Tied the record. Kind of goes to goes to show that any team on any given day, it's basketball. It's a it's a wild sport. Yeah, we were pretty tough on the regional teams here: Kentucky, Indiana, Louisville. All three get huge wins this weekend. Oh wait, hold on, time out, time out. Oh, oh yes. (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah they had a lead in the first half they did yeah. per usual oh uh, poor poor cardinals they're still Man. stuck on on two yeah north carolina covered pretty pretty handily too it wasn't even really close and that no. where they went up in about like 18 20 yeah it was, it was it was a blowout and supposedly there were just a ton of unc fans at the yum center and by the end of the game it was just basically all unc fans there so uh, still tough times for U of L Cardinal basketball. Their athletic director Josh Hurd did come out and say he's that Kenny Payne's got his total and complete support. He's excited oh, no. about the future of U of L basketball. Oh, oh no, we got the Josh Hurd stamp of approval. Oh, he's done, absolutely done. Why do you say that? That's like that's like the that's like when you tell say like that's my like he's our quarterback. It's what you say right before you bench him. Like that, that's just, that's the sign when you get the, when you have the AD come out to give a stamp of approval, that's when you know things are real. Like that's, it's almost, they've, they've, we've almost reached the final stage of everything's wrong because they had to have already had the players only meeting. Um, You've got Josh Hurd providing the stamp of approval. Uh, What other step are we missing here? Because they've, they've done almost all of them now. See, they they probably did the players only meeting back in Maui. So I think that they probably did that a long. They went to that well a long time ago. Uh, would would be would be my guess. No, I don't know. Like, don't you think if he would have said, "Yeah, as I'm I'm a Kenny Payne fan, but at the end of the year we're going to evaluate like I do with all my coaches, and there's no sense in talking about this now. It's January. Don't you think that would have been a little bit more alarming?" Yeah, but I, I just, I'm always leery. It's like when Jerry Jones says that his coach has got his, like, he's, he's, anytime a person of power, like, provides a sort of stamp of approval, I'm, maybe it's me with my tinfoil hat on. I just immediately think the opposite. Like, oh, they're toast. Maybe things will change if U of L does finish the year and it really is just a two win season or even like a three win season. I hope so. But, the, the the buzz around U of L is that he, they're going to give Kenny Payne another year. Uh, Scoots, your I hope so just reminded me that I took a little peek at Eastern Michigan versus Akron on Friday. Holy My moly. God, that team sucks at basketball <laughs> yeah. so much. Was it one hundred seven or one hundred four to sixty seven? Yeah, not good. Yeah, they were almost doubled up like five minutes into the second half. <laughs> I, I can't get I can't have Louisville win any more games. Yeah, I just don't know who's like luckier between you and Trevor. Oh, me, no question. Me, no question. Trevor is so lucky that Eastern Michigan is making this a contest. And 
just is really seems like one of the worst teams in the MAC. Uh, on the flip side, whole I mean, Power Five teams don't usually get caught up on just two wins. Like that is even the worst of the worst Power Five teams yeah. don't usually find themselves in a position with just two wins at this point in the season. So you both are fortunate, and we'll just see who can kind of find a way to grind out. I, I do. I think one more Eastern Michigan win, and you may be safe. I'm hoping they they got a tough one tomorrow. They play Kent State, so that's gonna be another loss. Not really. It's kind of like Louisville, if I'm being honest. Like I'll I'll look down the Eastern Michigan schedule, and I just don't see any wins. So a little concerning. Well, the Cards are gonna have to find a way to at least get two to tie you, and and three to to but a three to get ahead of you. But Eastern Michigan, I think, will probably get one more. Watch somewhere. watch us freaking tie. That would be uh, such a load of crap. <laughs> I'd be so pissed. A tie, a, a tie, and you all have to pay all the other Big X employees <laughs> uh, a thousand, and we'll just split it amongst all of us. Five hundred from you, five hundred from Trevor. You're both losers, and we'll be the benefactors and, and go ahead and take take all the money. Did you have a good weekend besides the sports? Did you do anything? You, your niece's birthday, right? It, I did have my niece's birthday party, uh, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah, just uh, it was a good weekend. It was just not long enough. Weekends never are long enough, and. Part of that is because I'm just so, always so busy and never have time to sit down and just relax, which that's what I wanted my Saturday to be. But we had the birthday party thrown in the middle, and it was all good. So, yeah, I, I had a great weekend. Good. Happy happy to hear it. Uh, big big win for Indiana. I thought that was an easy bet. I also thought you really? may have been. in. Yeah, Indiana desperately needed it. They were at home. Wisconsin's been banged up. I, I thought that uh, I thought for sure it was what a four point spread too. Yeah, I'd, which when the line came out, I think it was four and a half. I was like, "What? This is crazy." There's no way Indiana should be favored by four and a half over anyone, let alone a top twenty five team. But yeah, then they came out and they, ooh man, that was a lot of fun. They, I did never. I thought they had a chance to win, but I never would have expected a twenty point win. I, I got uh, I got kind of hammered over the weekend, but that was one of the few that I got right. That Indiana one, nice. but Indiana at home Saturday CBS game. It was uh, it was going to be tough for Wisconsin, and I also don't think Wisconsin's all that great to begin with. Uh, did their best player play? Uh, Tyler Wall. He did not. Yeah. So and he was. It seemed like he wasn't going to play because he didn't play in the game before. So uh, you add that to the equation as well, and. Well, good, good. These shows are a lot more fun. Um, Roush, what wasn't fun is watching the joke of officiating from Saturday. Which which quality was your least favorite, or lack thereof? Um, I was really there was a segment where Oscar gets pushed on the ground, and yeah, he oh he sold it a little bit, but like they just stopped play to help him get up. Like if you're gonna blow your whistle, you you have to call something like that. You just don't. What was that? And then the next two fouls they called, it was like if you grazed them or like blew on them too hard. It's like, all right, so you're gonna you're not gonna call them tackling you, but if you like maybe slap them or any sort of white contact, then they'll call. That 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 annoyed the bejesus out of me. Uh, I was annoyed that when they took away Oscars and one. Oh God, that one. Oh. The travel call on the free throw, where who was it? Where it was Toppin kind of stepped over Oscar. I thought that was just silly. 
but nothing was worse than the Case and Wallace travel call that they made that literally took an easy two points off the board for UK. Oh yeah, uh, that wasn't a walk. That that was the that I mean that was that was horrible. I mean, they, if, horrible. if he was going to shoot a layup, that it's the same thing, the same exact thing. Except this time it was like a loose ball in open space. I don't know. I I, I really don't like. I think the crowd called that one for him because they all just went oh. Man, that was really, really bad. You the miss foul on Livingston going to the paint where Plasvich pulled his shoulder down and I mean really could have hurt him, but no just a no call, just good old fashioned no call. Uh, I love that Antonio Reeves trying to have a, an aggressive take to the basket can be called a flagrant foul against him just for having elbows, which is just totally and completely ridiculous. Uh, it was horrible. And I don't need anybody to be like, how are you going to complain when UK shot 25 free throws and Tennessee only shot 10? Because Tennessee fouls every possession. It should have been 50 to 10. And that, that's, I'm not, that's not hyperbole. It should have been double more than what, than what uh, UK had. Tennessee fouls every single possession. Every single possession. So, yeah, the free throw number should be lopsided, and it should have been a lot worse. Those uh, college officiating doesn't surprise anybody. It really is just kind of like a waste of breath to to complain about it because nothing's ever going to get done about it. We've we've been doing this song and dance for uh, I've been doing it for decades now, and that's not a joke. It's terrible, but it still makes you really frustrated when you see it in the moment. Uh, the pull down there in the first like two minutes of the game, where I forget who. Plasovich was trying to even pull down, but just like grab was it Wallace just grabbed his jersey right in front of the officials. No call. It was a joke. And for Kentucky still to find a way to win that flagrant foul, Roush. I think a lot of really good teams that could have been that could have been it for them. You yeah. give up two free points and they get the ball when you know every possession, every bucket was at a premium in a game like it was on Saturday. Credit for UK for being able to overcome such egregious officiating that was an, another good sign for this team uh, to be able to to overcome that stuff yeah yeah because i mean that was a potential four-point swing and um i guess it was billis who was on the call he was like yeah like that that could have easily been a foul on the other way um but just because when he went to try to step through the contact his elbow hit him they just it, it's like oh elbows and faces oh technical foul get him out of here can't have that in the game which i think is just baloney grow up uh it's uh, fucking gosh and like if a, <sighs> if a basketball player wants to be in attack mode and really like use his out like antonio reeves wasn't trying to do he wasn't yeah, that was, un, that was, was unintentional about that. he wasn't yeah. trying to hurt anybody but let's just put ourselves in like a a, a think take hypothetical here like an offensive player does he wants to he wants to be on the attack and dribbling and use his elbows as a weapon. It would look so out of place. It'd be such an easy call to make. And yeah. also, it would be a really like tough thing to do from an offensive standpoint, to be like dribbling and then also like ha- use your elbow as a weapon. That's the stuff you should call because it just it would stand out. It'd look silly. It'd just look ridiculous. What Reeves did was just a basketball play. Just a total and complete basketball play. That was terrible and very frustrating. What do you think about Calipari's interview with Holly Rowe at halftime? 
Um, I just, my mom, she was all upset about it. Uh, but I was just like, oh, goodness I, gracious, get over it, Miss Roush. But it's, it's just like the, I, all of these interviews suck. Like, did you, like, Harbaugh's was terrible too. Like, I just don't, what, Cal does what Cal does. I, I think doing a post game one, those are great, but anything in between, like during the game, it's just, I just tune it out and I just, I have no time for it. And I, their words mean absolutely nothing to me. Um, just don't be a jerk and then we won't talk about it. Uh, well, Harbaugh was definitely a, a jerk. Yeah. What, do you, what do you got there, Scoots? I was just going to say, I would love to know Holly Rose thoughts on it because I've seen a lot uh, online about how people are, don't touch her, yada, yada. I want to know what she thought about it because her and Cal obviously have a different relationship than people online do with Cal or with Holly Rose. So I would just, yeah, I want to know what she had to say about it. I'll, I'll answer on her behalf, uh, not answered. I'm sure she didn't give one crap about it probably Might have actually even enjoyed it because it was just something different right it was a fu- it was a fun interview cal when she got diagnosed with stage three cancer cal was like a big supporter of her and supposedly you know reached out and was very friendly and accommodating and they're they're friends they're they're pals they're and i don't think a lot of people knew that when they saw the interview but they're buddies and he was just trying to reiterate how physical and aggressive of a game it was. So, hey, I'm going to bring the reporter into this physicality, give her an idea of what we're talking about. Uh, I thought it was funny. I knew people were going to overreact about it. There was a fake Twitter account going out around saying that Holly Rowe had filed like a, a For a press charges report. or something. Yeah, yeah. press charges like, with the Knoxville the, police. The, the people who – like I had somebody tag me in it um, – I've I've gotten to that point, TJ, where like just people who don't know how to use the internet, like like use me as their internet cop, and I'm just like, how are you falling for this? Like, are you that naive to be online that you actually believe that this is true? Yeah, like, it, like the, the, mom, the Knoxville police are looking for him to put him in jail. Like, come on. My mom texted me and said, "Is that arrest thing true?" And I was, I didn't even know what she was talking about. This this was Saturday night. I was like, "What arrest thing?" And she said, because Cal touched that reporter inappropriately. And I was like, oh, my gosh, Mom. You're the same type of person that's going to post, like, a face, copy and paste a Facebook status. Facebook is hacking our information, but stop them by posting this status on your profile page. Come on, older folks. It's not real. Cal's not getting arrested for, um, <laughs> for touching a reporter on the, during a sideline interview. Stop. Uh, it was fun. That was probably one of the most memorable sideline interviews since uh, old Billy G was roaming the sidelines with old Janine Edwards. So, yeah, I, I was all right with it. I thought it was funny, but uh, I knew some people were probably going to be up in arms about it. But fun day in Knoxville on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Always good to beat those dorks, especially at their place. We'll get a return game, and you know Tennessee is going to be motivated and hungry in that one. But that's three out of four in Knoxville for the Cats. Nobody really likes where this series has been over the last five years, Roush. But winning three out of four in Knoxville anytime, any you know, any juncture of this rivalry is impressive and a good thing. So that 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 needs to be mentioned. Yeah, yeah. Um, it it just. It doesn't feel like it, I guess you should say, but I just, I, I love it. I, I love it so much. Beating them then, like, 
through all of the stuff last week that was happening, a lot of it was, well, if you just beat Tennessee on Saturday, that cures a lot of the problems. And we kind of said that jokingly. Well, they went and did it. They went and did it. That's exactly what this team needed. Uh, that's exactly what this fan base needed because everything sucked. It just did. And, like, um, you know, I had people telling me I shouldn't be allowed to cover the team anymore because I was so negative and all That's this true. Sort of stuff. I agree. That's true. Yeah, I agree with yeah. that. <laughs> but it's like, folks, th- all, all of us were this mad. Like, we, we were just re- creating something out of thin air. Like, this sucked. They lost to South Carolina. They should not have lost to South Carolina. They got embarrassed by Alabama. Looks like Alabama is just embarrassing a lot of people this year. But – I, I did not know this team had it in them, and I cannot commend them enough for rallying because I, th- there's a part of me, TJ, that I feel like, like that 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 sort of like just ticked off the what we got on Saturday. I thought that we would have seen that before, right? Like this kind of like they're all doubting this. We're going to get together and we're going to show them. Like I, I just thought we might have seen that sooner, and. But to have that, because I, I think that's what a lot of def- their defensive problems are. It's just a willingness to commit everything. Uh, I mean, it certainly helped that Tennessee missed shots, but they did. They played mu- the best defense they played maybe all year. And that's what was really holding this team back. And they needed it in the worst way possible, and they delivered against Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, there was reason to be negative. People don't like losing games, and Kentucky was doing more losing than winning. But now, a reason to be positive, and folks should be excited about it. Uh, everybody, I think, is on the same page of just wanting this basketball team to win this program to get back to Final Fours, and uh, there's a lot to celebrate. Let's take an earlier break than we normally do. We've got uh, hour number two. We've got a lot of text to get to, and it's going to be it's going to be fun. I'm excited to see what the Thornton's text line has to say. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big Exports Radio. Oh. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family! Welcome back for Hour 2 of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. We appreciate you listening in. Fun to do these shows on a day like today, we got a ton of text to get to. We're going to do our best to rip and roar through them, but we've got to spend a little bit of time talking about Super Duper Wild Card Weekend. I was very bummed that the Packers were not invited to participate, but I'm sure you all were the same way with the Steelers. But that being said, we had two games on Saturday, three games yesterday, four out of the five came down to the wire, were a lot of fun. And which one? Which one was your favorite? Which one did you all enjoy watching the most? Um, I think from a quality standpoint, it was the one that I actually had to rewatch because I I fell asleep early, and that was the the Jags game. Uh, because 
the Chargers, that's what they do is they, they blow big games. And so you felt like that was coming, but it was also against the Jags who would throw. I mean, Trevor Lawrence threw four picks in the first half. At one point, he completed more passes to the other team than his own teammates. So there was a sense that they were going to complete the comeback, but like, were they actually going to do it? Like, so that that was uh, that was exhilarating. That was exhilarating. I, I I felt like the other games, it was more about teams. Well, I, hell no, Chargers blew it. Ravens blew it, and uh, the Vikings blew it. So, yeah, a lot of choke jobs. A lot of choke jobs. My answer would have been Jacksonville, that Jacksonville Chargers game before the weekend. But after the weekend, and this shocks even me, the game that I enjoyed the most was that Vikings-Giants game. That was a lot of fun. The Vikings well, were fun to watch. Yeah. Explain yourself. It's just, it was just fun. I mean, there was a lot of scoring, especially early on. The Giants kind of – you kept thinking that they were just going to lay down, and then they kept throwing knockout punches. So, yeah, for the Giants to get a win, I think, is what made that more fun for me because it's been, what, 11 years since they won a playoff game? So they come into that game, nobody's expecting them to win, and then they actually do it. It was pretty awesome. Yeah, the only like the road team – to, I think that was my only winning bet this weekend. So I nice. expected it, Scoots. Suck it. Good job. I also expected them because the Vikings are frauds. Uh, everybody knows they're frauds. Yeah. It's hilarious. They keep strolling Kirk Cousins out there like, hey, this is going to be the postseason that he does something. No, it's, it won't be. And it's next not, year won't nope. be either. Yep. Uh, I can promise you that. Uh, I don't like the Vikings. I'm glad their stupid little horn doesn't have to be heard anymore for until September of next year. Second, Man. Minnesota, the, uh, and the Giants team is likable, and you know and they played really hard, and that was fun. So good on them. I think that Hunley play last night in oh. the Ravens Bengals game will be infamous. That will go down in history as just one of the dumbest plays. What was he thinking? I, yeah. I seriously think he saw who who was it? Was it Trevor Lawrence do it? Yes. And, he, and yes. he was like, okay, well then, if Trevor Lawrence can do it, then I can certainly do it. And the part that made it even worse is his team had a, like, they had the push. All they had to do was just kind of huddle up in a ball, and he was going to fall into the end zone, probably two yards into the end zone. And that dingus decides to instead put it over top, and then it just made it even more embarrassing thinking that he had gotten in, but he was actually, like, nowhere close to being in. And holy smokes, what a game-changing play. The Ravens would have been up 24-17. to Instead, the Bengals go up 24-17. And 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 that's it. That's all she wrote. They they even said too. Harbaugh said after the game that that was not he he was not supposed to try to go over the top. But you're right. He saw Trevor Lawrence do it. The difference was Trevor Lawrence did it on like the one yard line uh, after a penalty on the two point conversion play. So he just did a quick reach out. Uh, this one, the Bengals defender. I don't know. I know Hubbard was the guy who scooped it and scored. But whoever was there waiting, that that might even be more impressive because they saw they had the wherewithal to know that he was going to try to do that to be ready for it. Um, J.K. Dobbins in the locker room was pissed after the game. He's like, "We should have been in that position. I never touched the ball down there. I should have touched it." I just I love that the Ravens are seemingly falling apart. All of those bandwagon Lamar Louisville fans, they're going to be cheering for a new team next year because he gone. He's out there. Not a chance in France. He's a Raven again. I just, it's so hilarious to see them fall apart. Yeah, uh, real tears falling down for all the four year Louisville Ravens fans. Uh, you all have been through a lot together, and unfortunately, no payoff. 
Uh, they're probably going to tag him, but I guess Lamar may just be like, I'm never going to play for you all again. Yeah, he, he can just do the NBA thing. Like he'll, That'll happen. And then just horrible like decision-making down the stretch is the clock was just ticking and ticking and ticking, and the Ravens just didn't think well, it was wise to call a timeout whatsoever. It wasn't as bad as the Dolphins not being able to get out of a freaking huddle. That oh. was also terrible. Like, I mean, that gosh, <laughs> that was that was. It's like, oh, you mean Mike McDaniel and Rich Gangarello were once colleagues? Couldn't believe that. Oh, that was really, really bad. In, well, in the Dolphins game, not only that, bad, but they had zero timeouts in that situation. How are you at that point in the game and have zero timeouts? Uh, because they needed. Well, they because to they kept having back. to call them to not get delay of games. Yeesh. I, th- and then, I think they called them all because they couldn't get out of huddles. And then the 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 Ravens, the Hell Mary heave number three. He's just got to catch that. That hits Dude, him in the fingers. Yeah. Like you're you're. That was a gift. That was a gift I, to you. And then they probably would have gone for two, which would have been just totally and completely electric. But uh, fun fun weekend of football. We're gonna miss it when it's gone. We know that already. But uh, that was nice. That was a nice treat. And if the Ravens had won, which I didn't really, I didn't care if they won or, or lost happy for, I've got a, a, several friends that are Bengals fans. So happy for them. Uh, but no people that are Ravens fans too. And stinks for them. But if the Ravens had won though, the AFC playoff games next weekend would have been duty. So happy that we don't have a duty playoff weekend. Instead. Now we have electric city, USA, uh, Bengals at Bills. First off, the Bengals are just getting completely hosed that they have to go to Buffalo. But if Buffalo wins and plays Kansas City, that will be a neutral site. That makes zero sense. That's a terrible decision. And then while I don't think you're probably going to have an upset with Jacksonville in Kansas City, everybody remember how Kansas City would get down really big in some of those games? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think it's impossible Jacksonville goes in there and, and makes it a fun game going into the fourth quarter. I don't think I, that's I, out of the realm of possibility, but I will it's say, better than the alternative. It would have been bad if the Ravens had won. The Bengals uh, playing without three starting offensive linemen. I don't know what Jonah Williams' status is, but even – like bo- both teams, I don't want to say were underwhelming – um, but that that's uh, an easy way to sum it up. I'd be much more worried about the Bengals and their their offensive line because that that's been a, pro- a consistent theme for them. They seem to address it, and even after addressing it, now they're they're getting injured. So um, going to be tough. Going to be going to be tough to win that game in Buffalo. It would be very tough, um, especially you know. I bet they're going to probably bring Hamlin to the game, and that's gonna, oh yeah, that'll be his first game. The yeah. little Bru- the Bruce Pearl special. They're going to bring him out there, get the crowd all riled up. So who's going to win tonight? We got uh, Tom Brady, Dallas Cowboys. Um, Now it's Daniel Jones has as many career playoff wins as Dak Prescott. Oh, oh, by the way, just needed a laugh to Kirk Cousins throwing it four yards on fourth and eight. Man, so great. That was the perfect Kirk Cousins play. What a loser. That guy stinks. They should have done the Viking horn after it. Kirk Cousins special. And I love Brian Ferentz, the Iowa offensive coordinator, becomes trending after that play. Oh, yeah, I didn't see that. <laughs> yes. That's hilarious. That's good stuff. Mm. I like the Cowboys. I actually – Cowboys were probably going to be my NFC champion pick. Like, if you asked me a month ago, I – for that, I, I want the Cowboys to lose. I certainly don't like the Cowboys by any stretch of the imagination. But that's a tough opening playoff game, having to go yeah. beat Brady in his place – to start, I think the Bucks are kind of trash, but 
with the game being at home, I do think it'll be a good game, but I, I've got the Cowboys tonight. I'm going, I'm going Tampa Bay, and I'll give you the reasons why. Tom Brady has never lost to the Cowboys in his career. And B, if Tom Brady wins tonight and the Bucs win tonight, Tom Brady has more playoff wins than the Cowboys franchise as a whole. So, <laughs> soak that in for a minute. That's awesome. That's oh, great. Here's, here's the other stat, too, Scoots, that you forgot. Um, Mike McCarthy is the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys. That's true, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, also, I don't think the Cowboys have won a road playoff game since like the mid nineties. Yeah, ninety five when they won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, Whew, that's a yeah. long time. But I will take the Cowboys tonight, and then that would set us up with uh, the Cowboys Bucks winner. They're going to San Francisco, which will be a good, exciting game. That'll be fun, and then you get an NFC East rivalry game. The Giants traveling to Philly to take on Trevor Kelsey's oh, Eagles. Oh, man, Trevor's going to be sweating it out so hard. Oh, I'd be God. worried about that game if I'm the Eagles. Sometimes that bye isn't a great thing. I know the Eagles are trying to get healthy. And well, people, but they, they seem to maybe already peak a little bit. They were rocking and rolling, and they haven't really looked all that great in well, a little bit. So. And Hurts has been hurt. I get it. Um, I'm trying to look up real quick because – the thing about Ravens Bengals last night, you just saw how tough it is to play a team a third time. That that I, I know that's a cliche, but it's it's so true. And the Eagles and Giants, they've already played twice since December 11th. This will this will be their third time. The Eagles won the previous two. Now they got to win it a third time. That's just that's just asking a lot. So um, whatever, I hope the number is like six and a half or seven. I doubt it'll be that big. But I will. I'll take the Giants. I, uh, that that would be. A, I think that's probably going to be a trendy upset pick. But basically, with not. the Ravens losing yesterday, we've we've guaranteed fun divisional games next weekend. Really across the board, the worst probably being that Jags at Chiefs game. But all the other three are going to be even regardless of who wins oh, tonight. Whether it's Giants Dallas going to San seven. Francisco, oh. who's Dallas is. Wait, what? No, the Giants are plus seven. Oh, yeah, I'd definitely, definitely take yeah. the Giants. Tonight it's Bucks two and a half, plus two and a half. Okay. Yeah, yeah but either way, we're going to get fun games next yeah. weekend. Uh, let's get to the Thornton's text line. Let's just try to remember we're going to need to be quick. I'm going to make a a request from textures. I, I'm, I'm okay. I would rather have, I think, a long text than – constant than constant streams um i'm not going to tell you how to text you all text how you want to text but maybe maybe put them all together if you can and if you can't then you can't no big deal but try to put them all together longer we can kind of get through it a little bit faster uh that being said let's dive right in this is the thornton's text line Looks like the UT practice facility of $60 million included women's basketball and rowing, so men's basketball solo facility may be a bit less. Yeah, Roush, I mean, there, there would be some shows where maybe that Mitch Barnhart interview on Friday would, mm-hmm. would be a big topic of conversation, but it kind of feels like ancient history after the Caps whooped the ball's ass. He said it would be about 70 or 80, and it, you would also include women's basketball in that, which for equity purposes, Title IX, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but generally speaking, I thought he did a good job, uh, except he really, when he got uh, asked about how he handled the, uh, the 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 football basketball school thing, 
he he did seem to just not want to say I, I messed up there. I should have just let him apologize. Everybody is entitled to their own opinions. People interpreted that interview in every which way. I'm a little maybe I'm not surprised, but. I think it's interesting that you have a good chunk of UK media that was like, oh, yeah, Barnhart did a great job. But a lot of the fans are like, that wasn't a good job at all. I don't think it was a good job at all. I think it was classic Mitch Barnhart, politician, speak. And I think he basically confirmed almost everything in Kyle Tucker's article. And the whole stuff about, like, this is like a marriage. And, you know, people are going to have their, their – he basically said, like, he basically said, yeah, we don't get along. We don't get along with each other, and we're in a miserable marriage, but we're married, so we can't get a divorce, and that we just got to live with each other. I think he basically confirmed everything in Kyle Tucker's article, but he just put a Mitch Barnhart positive spin on it in a politician fashion. I don't think it was a good interview. I, th- I think Matt did a great job with the interview. I don't think Barnhart did a good job. It doesn't make me feel any better about anything going on in UK athletics right now. Hmm, interesting, interesting. And, and Eli Capaluto, you know, he was down there celebrating with the Cavs. Yeah, he, and he, and... th- I thought Capaluto, um, Where played, was he, he played a significant role because just by being there and like, I mean, Kentucky, do they need more cheerleaders? No, but he, that, that he was given his stamp of approval just by having his presence and showing his support. Right. Agreed. Yeah. And totally so like that, that, I thought that was really significant. Yeah, I, I thought that was a cool move from him, uh, and good good to see. But I, I still think this. I don't just because you beat Tennessee. I don't think all this necessarily goes away. Uh, I'm still not a huge Mitch Barnhart fan. I still would like changes in that direction. But I think at least for now, you he'll talk again probably in April, Roush, and we can uh, hear what he's got to say then. Yeah. It- it was one of those things. I was glad that he like around. People needed to to hear from him amidst all the just junk. So, I, like, I agree, but also and and credit to to Matt and KSR for for making that happen. And again, I think in a situation like that, Matt did about as good as a job as you can do. That being said, he needs to take questions from more than just one media member. He needs to take questions from maybe a pool of media members, God, God loving. Like, oh, and the, the part where he said that he, like, there, there was a lot of stuff in there. I'm like, well, you're just talking through your teeth right now. Like, uh, well, you know, I was just planning on talking that day. Like, that, that's when I do my once a year, you know, I do my thing before football. I always talk on fan day. No, it was not fan day. It was the week after it. And you, you, you've, you've, you've quit doing that. You haven't done it in years. Yeah, it was just it was just lie it was just yeah. lying it was just yeah. lying um but it is what it is yeah. i understand not liking pearl but what did must do feels like he's catching a bit of stray and it's admittedly quite funny i think he's just kind of abrasive and brad yeah. i don't yeah the does he, there's does he have um, any background the more that we've learned about must the more his like fun loving media stuff like there's a lot of players who don't like you're getting some more of that friction and they've got their ass kicked twice last week. And I think really bad loss at Vanderbilt. Yeah. Well, well, I will say though, this Vanderbilt team is like that, that game on a Tuesday night. It's a week from this Tuesday. That one's going to be tough down at Memorial. Um, Stackhouse is, he, he coaches his buns off. I mean, it really probably shouldn't be, but it will be. I mean, they almost knocked off Missouri at Mizzou. I think they lost about two in that game or three. 
Um, they just beat the snot out of Arkansas. Like they're 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 a tough out. Uh, I do want to prepare everybody, including you, Scoots. Tomorrow's game is a 9 p.m. game on a Tuesday night. So just wolf. Yeah. 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 Not 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 ideal, but it is what it is. Hmm. Uh, texter on the Thornton's text line. Oh, where are we? Says I'm absolutely a dumb butt for thinking this, but I feel like we'll play well tomorrow. You're nope. not. You're, You're the smart, smart butt. Very smart butt. Mitch sounds like the Mad King right now, dragging everybody down or keeping them behind for his own personal reasons. It's time for Cal and Stoops to lie in their houses and take the Iron Throne. <laughs> Now, I don't blame football one bit. For, like, the first time in program history, football is getting some attention. And for as much people want to praise Barnhart for that, and to some degree, yes, you can, on just the flip side of that coin, you can say, why in the hell would it take so long for him to finally invest in football? Um, so it goes both ways. But I don't blame the football staff for being like, hey, we're just going to kind of stay quiet. We like Barnhart. Things are good. Uh, we're just going to keep we're gonna just keep doing our thing. I don't blame them because – they're getting, they're kind of getting what they want, with the exception of maybe the nil department, which that's a whole different conversation, probably for a different day. Uh, another texter says, "I could listen to Liam talk about football for hours." Yep, he's. Uh, it's good to have him back. Good to have him back. Um, yeah, really enjoy I just that. Want that offense humming next year? Key Brown, Leary, just balling out. Should be a lot of fun. Did you see uh, one of his receivers is already winning track meets? <laughs> I did see that. So yeah. what, what was the like competition? Can you give a little bit of background for the so, listeners that may not know? And myself? Indoor, indoor track season, they had one meet in December, but it really just is a spring sport. Uh, and they, it, the UK article even noted that that's, this is probably the last one they're doing at Nutter Fieldhouse. So, um, but it, it was UK's home invitational tournament. They played against, it, it was kind of some local teams. It wasn't like any big dogs. They're getting some of those next week when they go to Texas Tech. But Jordan Anthony, I, I, I read it this morning. He did an interview with uh, John Hale afterwards. Said he had two days of track practice and uh, just went out and broke the UK freshman record for, in the 60 meter. <laughs> man. Dude's fast, man. That's awesome. That's awesome. That is, so, that is incredible. But uh, he... He's going to be juggling like he's still going to do the the football stuff while running track. Um, so, and he at least said that a lot of the stuff that Coach Ed and Coach Hill would kind of in his group or whatever they they would the his exercises would kind of help with both um, cross train a little bit. But pretty cool that he's already kicking ass, taking names on the track. Um, excited to see how he fits into the equation. Uh, now that Liam Cohen's back to, to running the show. A texture on the Thornton's text line says, TJ, did you know the founder of Shady Rays and the alum of Tiger Tech, a.k.a. St. Xavier High School? Yeah, we bring it up all the time, Plumley, bro. Yeah, and also I, I really Tiger question. Tech is so lame. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I'm, don't I think there's lamer things, but I've never really been one to, to coin them as Tiger Tech. That being said, Plumley, bro, you, you text in stuff that we bring up or talk about frequently. Do you listen to the show? Secondly, the quarterly magazine that St. X does on like alumni and just the happenings of the school, uh, they had a feature on the Shady Ray owners, the Rattermans, and we love Shady Rays. They're proud partners of Kentucky Roll Call. You can go to ShadyRays.com, see what all the fuss is about. Use promo code BIGX at checkout for 25% off polarized sunglasses at an affordable price, but they are stylish. They look really good. 
And I uh, can't wait to wear mine today when I get out, do some appraisals, try to beat the beat the rain. But, Scoots, you'll have to bring this up uh, if you're doing the Spears show today. They had a nice feature on John Spears today. Yeah, he, he had brought that up on Friday. And I'm not doing Spears today because it's not Tuesday through Friday. Only oh. Tuesday through Friday. Yeah, shockingly, I don't memorize your schedule, Scoots. Can you believe that? I can believe that, actually, yes. Um, one one thing in regards to Plumley, bro. He actually texted in not too long ago, said he has listened to the show every day for three straight years. I think he's just had the show on and not actually listened to it. That must probably be it. And that's yeah. okay. We, we, we're, we're, we're appreciative. Absolutely. We bring up that it's a Louisville company. They started it uh, a couple staying X guys. But now I didn't realize it was uh, Ridermans, though. I should have known, right? Like, if you go to St. X, there's like a one in five chance that your last name's Ridermans. So. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> that, is so, <laughs> that is so true. Oh. But in the Spears article, uh, Spears said, and we, we got, I want to thank our wives every Friday in the fall. They let us go do this. Make sure you put that in there. And they put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> Did they even put the make sure you put that in there part? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. They sure did. So oh, that was funny. Great. You have to bring that up on Tuesday to them. Uh, it was a nice, nice article. Well-deserved Spears. Oh, they do a man. great job on the broadcast. Uh, oh. Tony Burke as well. We've got uh, more Palmer Bro texts. Um, TG and Roush, did you all drink KG in high school? KG was the go-to drink because it was dirt cheap and you could get absolutely throttled. By far the most disgusting liquor, but those drunks were something else in high school. Yes, I'm well aware. I was pretty tight because I drank in high school. No no big deal. love that he also said tight because that is very much something we said 15 years ago or whatever it might be. But no, Palmer Bro, I did not drink uh, like booze in high school either. It was like Bud Light and you were hammered like quickly, or at least you acted like it because you were in high school. KG and Coke though was the uh, freshman year of college kind of go-to because it was it, readily available. And I still randomly sometimes TJ will get that, like, like the, the smell will just hit my nostrils. Like I'm not even around it, but I'll, I'll catch that smell and my gag reflex just, Oh, it's awful. What the hell is KG? Kentucky gentleman. Oh, uh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, Weirdly great. enough, I didn't drink a bunch in high school. Very rarely would I drink, but did occasionally. And I would drink like liquor and hard alcohol in high school. But then when I got to college, it was like hard liquor and alcohol. Get it the hell away from me. I was hmm. I, I was on the booze train, and I really have never really left the booze train. Um, so I'm sure I probably did at some point, but it was more vodka back in back in my before 21 year old days. Um, nobody get us in trouble. A texter says, why is the arrow only playing on the road? I don't, I, <laughs> that, I don't get it. He that is such a off. weird part that like, he only gets put in the, like, I would love to see him play a, when it's not the most dire situation, right? Like when it's a, Oh, here's just a, a home game against Georgia. Or so, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I wish this team could just blow somebody out. And so, like, he could kind of, you know, let him fall out without any pressure on him. Because even when he's out there, you can kind of tell, like, hey, I'm getting these minutes. I'm going to play hard, but I don't really want to mess up. Uh, and he had that take to the rim, and it, it got pinned, but it still ended up leading to some points for UK. So that was nice. But um, I agree with you. But you, you, you need to get kind of a comfortable enough lead where Cal doesn't feel the pressure to do that. I still think even regardless, you still just need to get him some minutes. But 
I would like to see him play with his hair down a little bit and let him just he's he could be a, a nice little piece for next season. He's somebody that you could theoretically, if he keeps growing, you could potentially play one through four. Cal would never play him at the four, but you theoretically could if he keeps growing. CJ on next year's team, that could be fun. And by the way, speaking of next year's team, this has nothing to do with that, but Ian Jackson committing today, Roush. Where's he going to go? I don't know. I don't know. I uh, I did see, though, that uh, Justin Edwards had an awesome game against him. I think he had 24-12 and 12 last night up at the hoop hall. Um, but uh, our, our boys, Jack and Zach, seem to be hearing positive things um, in regards to Kentucky and Ian Jackson. But on the flip side, it feels like uh, – I mean, he hasn't visited UK yet, but he's visited North Carolina, and I think he visited some... UK in the fall. He did. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it was just a long, a long time ago. That that's what it is. And North Carolina was like last weekend when he took yeah. his own. Arkansas there. and UNC were in the last two weeks. Yeah. So I, I think there's a good chance for Kentucky, but I just I have a bad feeling that, that it's going to be North Carolina, just and based on nothing at all. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, Rob Cassidy, who writes for Rivals, he put in a prediction for UK at 828 and then at like 1115 switched it to UNC. And it, it wasn't just that like he had had a prediction in for UK from uh, Travis Graff put in a prediction for UK back in July. And so it wasn't like Rob had been sitting on a big UK prediction for a long time and then switched it. He literally put it in and then just a few hours later, switched it. Um, that being said, it still seems like most experts think UK. Uh, he supposedly had some quotes after the game yesterday that made it seem more pro-UNC. Some people think that could be misdirection. Some people could think it's legitimate. But there was a UNC insider on the 24-7 page that said it's going to be Kentucky. UNC didn't have anybody at his game last night while Orlando and Tigua was there. So reading between the lines and, and listening to what the other experts are saying, certainly no inside info on my end, I think it will be UK, but he struggled mightily. Uh, now he is a 2024 guy, and supposedly the plan is for him to stay in that class because if he goes to UK, they're a little bit too crowded at guard for him to even reclassify. Correct. So if he's looking to reclassify, probably isn't going to be Kentucky, but I do think I do think he'll probably pick the Cats today, or at least I'm, I'm hopeful. The the quote that I think has people worried was Jack asked him, what did you like about North Carolina? How was the visit? The family aspect with Coach Davis, Coach uh, Lebo there on the visit, making me feel at home, just being there. I didn't feel uncomfortable. Felt like that's where I should be from what I thought. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a pretty strong quote. So we'll see. He's announcing, what, 530 tonight, ESPN? ESPN yeah, in between like games. So, um, so yeah, but. Not to bury the lead, as you mentioned, Justin Edwards balled out. He is yeah, really, he really good. Awesome. Um, and Reed Shepard had uh, like 13, 13, and 9 or something like that in his game. And no offense to North Laurel, but like the teams that are in that tournament are pretty pretty darn good. So um, now I can go back to getting excited about Kentucky's recruiting class next year. Like I don't have to play all these crazy games. Like as our next texter says – uh, we have March Madness hope again, which is the best part about all of this. There, there is like a like for those those last couple of losses were so bad that it derailed just how we function as Kentucky basketball fans. And this this win on Tennessee kind of got the train back on the tracks. 
at least as far as it's like how we our expectations, just how we function from a day-to-day basis. I can feel more comfortable doing the like, okay, Cal hasn't completely lost his fastball. He can still rally the troops. Um, like we can still move forward, even expect this team to play in the NCAA tournament and then have an awesome roster next year. That was part of, I mean, that's part of the frustrating thing about South Carolina, but you did go and make it up with the Tennessee game. But schedule sets up nicely for you. You get Georgia at home. You get A&M at home. The Vandy game on the road could be tough, but you just need to take care of business against Vanderbilt. And then Kansas comes to town, and that could be your second top five win of the season. That, that'd be pretty darn good. So uh, you get a chance to maybe get a few wins under your belt, start playing well, maybe with a new lineup potentially. And then you can get a chance to to steal another big time win. So, yeah, it, uh, th- there's a stretch. Like I just was scrolling through Ken Palm. They're they're going to be picked to win seven of their next eight, with Kansas being the one exception. And when you've got that at home, you can get a rowdy rep. Like that could be, ooh. yeah, could be a lot of fun. Could be a lot of fun. All oh, right, we're going to take our last break. We'll come back. We're going to wrap up the show. Oh Keep gosh, it's towards, already. I know. We're having fun. Man, these shows are so much fun. Gosh, let's keep doing this, Cats. Keep on winning, baby. Rolling right along here on KRC. We'll be right back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. I'm a shark. 30. 30 seconds. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Remember to check out Salsaritas, two locations in Louisville, Middletown and St. Matthews. Delicious, fresh Mexican cuisine. Download the Salsaritas app. You won't be disappointed. Save time, save money. You can do it all at the touch of the finger. Salsaritas, Middletown has a drive-thru off Shelbyville Road. St. Matthews, newly renovated pavilion. Woo, newly renovated interior as of like a year ago. And now they've got a new covered patio. Winter, usually not the best time for a covered patio. It's going to be not too bad temperature-wise today. It is going to rain, but hey, you'll be covered. Uh, but check them out. They're great. We love Salsaritas, and we love the Thornton's Man, text line, Roush. I would love some Salsaritas queso right now. You were talking during the break how hungry you are. Yeah, it's, it sounds uh, amazing. But, um, man, really go for some right now. But instead, we're going to get to the Thornton's text line. 502-414-1450 is the number. Uh, the better risking $1.4 million on a bet to win eleven grand is beyond tragic. Sadly, I will say I've done that a couple of times with live betting when I thought the bet was an easy win. That better certainly can't be a happy man. That was so um, stupid. So stupid. I feel like the you're taking the fun out of like, the, the fun parts of live betting would be betting for the comeback, not betting for the team with a huge lead to sit on it. No, I mean, people doing that are just trying to get, like, an easy payday. And if you missed it, some when the Chargers were up 27 to nothing, a better on DraftKings or whatever it was, uh, risk $1.4 million just to win potentially eleven grand. He took the 
Chargers money line. Of course, the Chargers did not win. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars came back and won. So he lost his $1.4 million bet. On the one hand, if you've got $1.4 million, he may be okay. But on the other hand, if you've got one point, if you've got enough money to bet $1.4 million, why do you care so much about just winning an easy eleven grand? <laughs> so weird. So it goes both ways with that, but that's yeah, uh, that's it, tough. That's a tough yeah. one for that person. Yeah. Um, also, did you know that they're the Chargers, and that's what the Chargers do? Is they blow? I know Phil Rivers isn't the quarterback, but like, come on, it's still the Chargers. The, the uniform's the same. It still has that stink on them. Love everybody ripping Tony Dungy for sounding like he was falling asleep during that game. Dude, Tony Dungy should never be in front of a microphone ever. He's so boring. He, I, I know he's a good man. He's a great coach. He's the most boring person ever. And to to bring Al Michaels, that felt it felt a little awkward, right, to have Al Michaels back on NBC after he left. The, the when they introduced Tony Dungy at the beginning of the game, this is a reference very few people will get. Tony Dungy had like the creepiest, weirdest laugh I think I've ever heard, and it really made me uncomfortable the rest of the entire game. He, it's just like if you're gonna do Al and Kaylee Hartone, just do the whole Thursday night crew. Just have Kirk Herbstreit do it, not Tony Dungy. Good seeing Kaylee Hartung, though. Although she kept blinking. I wonder if something was wrong with her eyes or she was trying to send a message via Morse code or something. That's probably what it was. I Morse bet that code. was probably it. Yeah. Scooch, when did you first start drinking alcohol? Says the Plumley. I'm going to say one texter, but that's obviously a Plumley bro. Way back in the day, Plumley bro. I uh, I was trying Jaeger at eight years old. <laughs> don't, don't tell them my parents. What was your all's favorite sports as a child growing up? Scooch was baseball. I was basketball. Roush, I think, was football. I was basketball, actually. Yeah, you were was, basketball. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was also basketball. I thought you were baseball. You. I mean, I played baseball. You said you could have gone, gone pro if you were taller. I, I played baseball, but I always have enjoyed basketball more. There, there's no better days than playing basketball by yourself in your driveway, making up your own scores. At great days. I, I had more fun playing with my friends. Yeah, I didn't have any, so it. sick brag, y'all. Objectively speaking, thought Mitch did a good job describing his relationship with Cal and was pretty adamant in his support. He did seem to talk around the issue of the new facility and even more so on the expanded staff. I, again, everybody can that's the beauty about this stuff. Everybody can take it a million different ways. I thought the way he talked about his relationship with Cal was like very awkward and cringeworthy. Like he just talked about a failing marriage. Like go back and listen to it with the idea of he's talking about a failing marriage and that's exactly how it came off. But uh but every but some people thought he nailed the facility stuff, and this texter thinks he didn't do a good job with the facility. Yeah, it is. You're you're right though. It is all in the eye of the beholder. Um, mm-hmm. But it was. I was at least glad that the UK athletics website said that this should be the last season of track at the indoor, which means that they should Ooh. be starting construction for football soon. But I don't. I just don't know when and how and all that. Um, but the Memorial Coliseum things happening this fall. Maybe they're going to be happening simultaneously. And I it just. When Mitch was like, it's really a complicated process. It's like, n- nobody thinks that you're making, you're building with Legos. We know that it's probably complicated. We get that it's probably tough. It's your job to like, you know, it, it's tough sometimes to do that stuff. That's You're in a tough position. Make it happen. But yeah, again, we, we could spend a lot more time dissecting that interview. Uh, a lot to A lot to take there. A texter says, this game is absolute robbery, disgusting officiating. Ooh, more archaic offense from Eric Musselman. Yeah, are we going to get any updates on from Dana O'Neill and Jeff Goodman on the anonymous, anonymous coaches on UK's win? 
Um, I didn't didn't have a. I, I love to. Uh, I saw some Jeff Goodman takes. It was like, what was your biggest takeaway from the game? And I've realized that Jeff Goodman, his whole strategy is he's like, let me give my sharpest criticism first, and then I'll slowly like reel it back in and be more uh, palatable. Uh, which is an odd way to go about it to get people to be receptive to what you're communicating. Uh, but he was just like, yeah, it's all severe Wheeler. He's all the problem. I've been saying it all year long. He doesn't need to play as much. Um, but that was the best defense. They played tougher than they've ever played all year. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Okay. So <laughs> it's like you go from being kind of a jerk to like, okay, here's, here's my nice thing I'm going to say about him. It was the same thing with the, the commitments of Dillingham and Wagner, right? Where he's just like, well, I just don't know if they can play together, but they are really great and they're awesome. And I really think they're good players. I hope that they dominate so badly just so we can keep. Oh gosh, you know, that tweet. We, oh, we can just keep. Can have so have so much fun with that. And then yeah. like, there'll be a time where they probably don't play well together. And he's like, this is what I'm talking about. It's just, is it a great fit? Ah, oh, it's going to be awesome. Uh, um, text- w- one on. thing though, quickly, because we mentioned, uh, Musclemen, so it got me thinking about Alabama. Uh, the day Alabama doubled up LSU, one of their players whose name escapes me now and Miles, uh, yeah, is it Darius, Darius Miles? Miles? Yeah, yeah, he uh, that I didn't realize the background as well, but he had been not with the team. They said it was personal stuff, and then on that Saturday, they said he was out for the year to rehab an ankle injury, um, and then that night. Uh, there was a shooting at the strip, and he and another person had been charged with capital murder. So, pretty messed up stuff yeah. happening down there. They kicked him off the team. His uh, bio is no longer on the Alabama website. Yeah, uh, wild stuff, sad stuff all yeah. around, but that's going to be something you're going to probably hear more about as time goes on. Alabama's first-half performance against LSU was nutty it came on right after the uk game they they had 59 points at halftime it's crazy alabama is they are peaking right now or maybe they're not peaking maybe they're just getting started bro but they are a really really good basketball team uh texter says thought we did a pretty good job contesting shots today especially threes it was just Mm -hmm. an all-around good defensive performance from the cats it doesn't hurt that tennessee did miss some bunnies but we'll we'll take anything we can get um, per Kim Palm, 37 minutes is the most by CJ since 2020. Disregard, he played 39 overtime game in 2021. But your point stands, it was the most games he's played all season. Uh, I hope he can stay healthy. He changes the way – him and Reeves out there together change the way the offense looks. And Wallace, I thought, didn't have his best game, but also don't think he was terrible. Uh, I, I still – you know, for – you. you there's so many different angles you can take. Well, Tennessee missed a ton of layups. If they don't miss those layups, Kentucky wins. Well, if Wallace scores points, maybe you know Kentucky wins in easier fashion as well. There's not going to be too many games where he's so inept offensively. But still played hard. I think he had six assists, so he was able to whip the ball around and find some open folks. And uh, just having Frederick and, and Reeves out there, I think, is very, very important for Kentucky. I don't really – whether it's Wallace, whether it's Wheeler, you just got to be able to spread the floor. It opens up everything for everybody. Um, one thing to keep an eye on today, uh, C.J. Stroud might be coming back to Ohio State. So, oh, wow. That's interesting. Yeah, the nil president guy Ohio State's teasing something. And so, yeah, that, um, that could be great for Kentucky not only to – Less competition for Will Levis to get that top pick. If you've noticed, his odds have really fallen as of late. Um, 
but also uh, could be could have one of those quarterbacks into the portal this spring if Stroud is coming back. Oh, interesting. So something to keep yeah. an eye on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Arizona's lost two out of three. Tommy Lloyd, you're off the list, says one texter. College basketball, it's tough. The good Dude, news did is did you see that Oregon guy's dunk though? Holy it crap! Was, uh, Nafali Dante, remember him? Really? That was Nafali Dante? That yeah. I haven't heard that name. Is That's how old is Nafali Dante? Uh, he's thirty-three. No, I don't know. <laughs> right? Doesn't that seem like Kentucky recruited him four years ago, five it, years ago? It does. Yeah. Uh, but no, that that if you didn't see that dunk, it was um he murdered a poor Arizona guy. Uh, some was it Doug Gottlieb? Some goober media member was like charge it was a charge <laughs> oh dude doug gottlieb i love following doug gottlieb i was gonna tweet it last night but i didn't want to be a jerk every time he tweets something it's just wrong like it's just the worst everything everything that he says is the exact opposite of reality i don't know how he could be so wrong about everything like he thought that last night when uh uh the dude for the ravens huntley he was. It was an incomplete pass. It was clearly an incomplete pass, and they initially played it as a fumble, and the guys like picked up it for first down. You saw it on replay, and you're like, "Oh, his hand was going forward for like half of the throwing motion before he got hit." That's an incomplete pass. Gottlieb's take was, "How can how how can the refs clearly overturn that replay on the same play that ended the Titan season?" It's like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Those were were not even close. It was not even. You can't compare the two plays. You dingus, Doug Gottlieb. What a moron. Texter. <laughs> uh, that that also reminds me of another thing. Love that the Amazon uh, account was like the chip in the football says it was 0.6 yards away from the end zone, and like the whole world was like, wait, they've got a chip in the football. We've been wanting the chip to be in the football forever, so we have football chips now. Chipping the football, yeah. Uh, everybody's reaction was the same in that. Like, what? Wait, what? That we're burying the lead. Who cares how close the the, the chip in the football? A texter says the good news is South Carolina lost. The, the good news is South Carolina lost can't get worse than a quad four. Yeah, they came back and just got absolutely annihilated at home to A and M. That was a really bad loss. Even if you didn't have Wallace, even if you didn't have Toppin, that was a really bad loss to lose to South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, they lost by 41 to Texas A&M at Jesus home. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Our lineup that made the run at the end of the first half, Reeves, Frederick, Livingston, Toppin, and Oscar. Hmm, interesting. I didn't... Gosh, I... Livingston, like, be aggressive like you were. Yeah. And he always talks trash after he does it, which I'm totally cool with. But, like, do it more. Do You mm-hmm. can do that all the time. Turn that corner, and you're too strong to get stopped. Oh, you see it, and you're like, you, you see it, and you ha- you're happy, but you instantly, like, default to, like, wait, why aren't we seeing more of that? Chris, do more of that. He can be a really nice player if he if that just if it turns on for him. I I, I really like the aggressiveness and that those phys, I just didn't know exactly what Chris Livingston like. It's because he does a little bit of everything. It's like so. What's Chris Livingston's value? And it's that physicality. I, I think he's going to be really important in SEC play. Agreed. Uh, that and the one they took from Oscar was so bogus. Ref on the baseline. Baseline emphatically called it for me the big personnel takeaway is not so much about playing one specific lineup but about playing Reeves and Frederick together as much as possible hey I just said that totally agree totally agree get those guys out on the floor together and just watch what the spacing does watch what it does for Oscar watch what it does for whoever the four may be and then even the guard and I honestly do I'm all right with seeing a little bit of Wheeler 
being able to penetrate, kick out to those guys or create, yeah. or maybe even, you know, get an alley-oop or something like that. So yes, Reeves and Frederick, that's, that's the new buzz uh, lineup. Love it. Love it. Let's, let's make it happen. Captain. Uh, for me, the big personnel, oh, oops, uh, Tennessee's defensive strategy is smart. College refs can't see pests or an even foul count. I agree. That's why I think if they can get away within the tournament, they're probably going to go to the final four. They are a good team. But when you allow them to just basically cheat, it's also that it makes it even tougher to beat them. So, well, I, I will say though that they did show though when they play in the mud, if if refs do call their fouls, they have to be hitting their three point shots, or else they're like it's and they're not an amazing outside shooting team. Yeah, so yeah. that's the thing they could they could lose in the first round if refs decide like, hey, you can't foul every possession, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. We're going to call this today. Then they could be totally and completely hosed. But uh, we'll see. Texter says, shout out to Reeves for rebounding well and drawing a few fouls on the de- on defensive rebounds. Yeah. And yeah, there, I mean, there's so much more to break down from the game. We felt like we did a good job in hour one, but there's great point, Texter. Uh, what, what do we got next? This is a great text. Plavich did not have a rebound until the 12 minute mark of the second half. Tennessee, I think, was fifth in the nation in rebounding. Kentucky out rebounded them by 20. Like, Love and. That. and I feel like a lot of like it's that want to, it's that drive, and they really brought it against Tennessee. They punched him right in the mouth. I hate that rule that have Reeves the, that gave Reeves the flagrant. You have to be able to raise your arms to shoot. Totally bogus. Totally mm-hmm. agree with you, Texter. Funny how many football tweets related to the Tennessee game were out there. Saul, Bullware, and Vince, along with a few players, even Mitch. What are your all thoughts on that? And congrats to Scoots as IU picked up a nice win over Wisconsin. I did not see that, but that's great to hear. Uh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't even Vince was like saying, I told y'all they were going to win, um, uh, which I, I enjoyed very much. I also enjoyed uh, finding that video of the Tennessee basketball team talking trash during the Tennessee football game. Um, good to bring that one back out just so everybody could see. And uh, we still got to beat them at Rupp. You got you to gotta sweep them. That'd make everybody feel nice and warm Gosh. and fuzzy inside. Uh, shout out to UK women's basketball for a nice road win at Florida to get their first conference win. They um, needed it. Yeah, they, they really they really did. Uh, Texter says, LOL, I hope Rongish opens the show with an apology. Side note, referring to Tennessee as a Goliath and UK as a David is not the best look, but love that win. Can I get a come on? Come on. It said parentheses, least excited. And they were yeah, that, that, that texter wasn't you. the most coherent. So. <laughs> that texter was referring to your tweet saying this was the least excited UK basketball game you've you 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 were your tweet roush oh yeah yeah i was dreading it i was in such a bad i got brooke my wife was mad at me because i was in such a bad mood saturday morning i was just i was still it's still uk basketball to me you got to tip it up those blue jerseys they look so sweet and especially with all that ugly ass orange all around them so ugly uh i i did when they when it was eight nothing i was just like I'm so sick of UK getting stomped out of the gate. And mm-hmm. I was very frustrated, but credit to them. What did they go on a 13-2 run right from that point? And the rest was uh, the rest was history. UK won't sell beer, but L has a putt for Pappy promotion. And a guy hit it like two years ago. It was uh, last year, the sales guy. It was, oh, you it was know. last year. Yeah, yeah. That's know. pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, I know. God forbid you have some fun with college athletics. Nice job by the Cats of making Tennessee play their style, including missing easy layups. That's a good text. <laughs> 14 games left. How do we need to finish to guarantee we're in the dance? Can't blame Cal for missing open shots. Um, I don't. A good way to guarantee it is to beat Kansas at home. 
Um, yeah, just went out. <laughs> but like, uh, you got one of these big quad one wins. Get a couple more. Get a couple there, more. There's there's plenty of opportunities for them. I think it's more uh, UK is going to beat some teams at home, including some good teams at home. Just try not to trip up to some of the terrible teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've already lost to the most terrible. So, and you know, like you, you're gonna, the, it, it's gonna really come down to what you do in some of these road games at Vanderbilt, at Ole Miss, uh, at Georgia, at Mississippi State, at Florida. Those are all games you can win on the road. And I think if you win, you know, I don't know, seventy-five percent of them, you're definitely in the tournament. If that gets closer to like a 50-50 number, then you can't afford to drop any at home. So it, it comes down to those bad teams on the road. You win them, they'll be in, no problem. You lose them, you're going to be sweating it out till Selection Sunday. Uh, Texter says, and we got to wrap this up, this is from Kirby. Hey, Kirby. Tennessee out here playing football, not as good at defense when refs don't let them hold and hack and push. And the refs still let them do it from time to time. How many times is Oscar going to give the other team an offensive rebound by knocking the ball out of Livingston's hands? Less than four Man. minutes in, Oscar has knocked Livingston to the ground twice, and one of those gave Tennessee an easy putback. Somebody has to tell Oscar he can't get every rebound. He just keeps putting the team in bad spots. He, he had one that was really bad, where he like pushed Reeves down, who had the ball in his hands, and it just went to Tennessee. It's kind of the cost of doing business with Oscar. It's all frustrating. I think there's some things you could probably tell him, just you know, be more self-aware in those situations. Uh, but that being said, it's part of doing business. He's the best rebounder in college basketball. There's going to be some mistakes. You give up some defensively from him. But nice offensive game from him. He didn't score a point for, what, 16 minutes, was it? And uh, still finished with an easy double-double. So you just got to live with some of that stuff. We're out of time. We're not going to finish the text line via spaces because tomorrow's show, I think we'll have enough time to do that as we yeah. preview the UK-Georgia game. And it'll be fun. We don't just want to – like, we can we can enjoy this a little bit. These are fun texts. I yeah, love we, we don't want right to just on. get all the crappy ones out of the way. Everybody have a great Monday and Martin Luther King Jr. Day. We'll be back on Tuesday, 7 a.m. This is Kentucky Roll Call. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, Justin Kaelin. Oh, God.